In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read some verses from Leviticus chapter 10, starting from verse 8. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink, you nor your sons with you, when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, that you may distinguish between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean, and that you may teach the children of Israel or the statutes of which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. Actually, verse 10 in Arabic, it reads, وَلِلْتَمِيزْ بَيْنَ الْمُقَدَّسْ وَالْمُحَلَّلْ Al-Muhallal means something lawful, wal-muqaddas something holy, so that you may distinguish between holy and lawful, holy and lawful. Another verse, Ezekiel 22, verse 26, Her priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and unholy, and as explained, unholy means lawful. Nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean, and they have hidden their eyes from my Sabbath, so that I am profaned among them. Another verse, Ezekiel 42, verse 20. He measured it on the four sides. It had a wall all around, 500 cubits, long and 500 wide, to separate the holy areas from the common areas. Again in Arabic, للفصل بين المقدس والمحلل. What does it mean? The Lord wants us to distinguish between holy and unholy, or holy and lawful, or holy and common. Just let me give you an example to make the point clear in your mind. Drinking tea or coffee, is it lawful or not lawful? It's lawful. Is it sinful? No, it is not sinful. Okay. Can I drink tea or coffee in the chalice that we are using in the Divine Liturgy? No, we cannot. Because the chalice is separated for that which is holy, then not everything, not everything that is lawful is holy. Not everything that's lawful is holy. We cannot use the altar as a table and or as a disc and write on it or we eat on it. I cannot use the nave of the church as basketball or volleyball court because the word holy means separated, consecrated, dedicated. So these areas are dedicated for prayer, dedicated for the Lord. Whatever I do should be for God. That's why when the Lord found people 
selling and buying in the church. He told them, don't make my father's house a house of merchandise. Selling and buying is not sinful. We go and buy things, we need it. But I cannot do this in the church because the church is not a restaurant. The church is not grocery store. Church is a church, a house of prayer. Holy, is anything wrong in, in buying and selling? No, but this place is not built for that purpose. This place is separated and consecrated to worship the Lord. So even the Lord, when they were building the, the temple, this vision in Ezekiel, he told him, make a wall all around in Ezekiel 42 verse 20. It had a wall all around, 500 cubits long and 500 wide to separate the holy areas from the common areas. That's why, for example, many activities that are lawful, we cannot do it on the grounds of the church. Although they are lawful, but they are holy. And when, when you speak about holy and lawful, holy can be applied for three things. Days, places, human being. Days, places, human being. So God actually made some days are holy. For example, one of the Ten Commandments, keep the day of the Lord holy. So the day of the Lord is different than any other day. Yes, all days are blessed, but the day of the Lord, Sunday, is a different day. That's why, according to His Holiness Pope Shenouda, when a person commits a sin on Sunday, actually, he commits double sin. The sin itself and defiling the day of the Lord. The same way the days of the fast are holy. The days of the Holy Week are holy. And the person, when they commit sin during these days, it's double. So, if we know that the day of the Lord is holy, then we need to act in the days of the Lord differently, with respect, with honor. Differently doesn't mean it's okay to sin in other days, but not in the days of, of the Lord. I didn't mean this, but means to dedicate these days for the Lord, for the service of the Lord. That's why in Jul chapter 2, verse 15, when there was a communal fast, he said, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast. Consecrate a fast means make the days of the fast holy, call for a secret assembly. And when we meet together, it's a secret assembly. I know many families during the fast, they don't watch TV because it is a secret assembly. They consecrate the fast. Definitely during the Holy Week, it's not proper at all to watch TV during these days. It's a day of prayer. It's a day of worship. 
It's a day to do charitable deeds. It's a day to serve one another. It's a day to go and ask for the sick, to help the poor, to ask for prisoners. That's how to keep the day holy. The same applies for feasts. And that's why when there is a feast or the day of the Lord, we sing and chant, this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Even the church said, these days are joyful days. We don't do prostration in them. We don't do abstinence in them. Even in the rites, I'm sure the deacons know, there is different rite for Saturday and Sunday during the great fast, different from the rest of the week. So the church understood this. The day of the Lord is different and we need to keep it holy. And we need actually to check our behavior, how we conduct ourselves during the day of the Lord. So that's about days, places, places like a church. The church is a holy place. We say in the third hour of the Agbaya, when we stand in your holy sanctuary, we are considered standing in heaven. God wants us to distinguish between what's holy and what's common. He said there is a wall to separate the holy from the common. That's why we need to conduct ourselves in the church differently. When we enter the church, we make the sign of the cross and then we walk calmly and quietly. We don't run inside the church and we don't talk inside the church. And then when we approach the holy altar, we worship and we say, and I am according to the multitude of your mercies. I enter your holy sanctuary and worship your holy name. So we understand without the abundance of his mercy and the multitude of his mercies and love toward me, I cannot enter the church. And I'm sure all of you know the story of St. Mary of Egypt, when she wanted to enter the church of resurrection and she was prevented by a divine power because she lived non-repentant life. So we need to remember this when we come to the church. When we talk in the church and we act in the church like any other common place, we are not regarding the house of the Lord as holy. Actually, we were taught that if you are walking or driving and you passed by a church, make the sign of the cross and say, Hail to the church, the house of the angels. So even if I am passing by a church from distance, I know that is the house of God. When we come to the church, we should not come with the same clothes like we are going to club or going to play sports. We need to come to the church that's a holy place with proper clothes, befitting the holiness of the house of God. As we read in the scripture, holiness becomes your house, O Lord. Holiness befits your house. And during the divine liturgy, our eyes are focused on the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. As the deacon says to the Eclerus and to all the congregation, lift up your eyes toward the east 
and look at the altar to see the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ are sitting on the altar. So our respect and our veneration for the church, the house of God, God actually fills everywhere. But why he asked Moses to have the tabernacle of meeting? Then why he asked David and Solomon to build a temple for him? God actually fills and exists in every place in heaven and earth. How can we call a certain place his house? But the idea is God wants to separate a certain place from the rest of the world. And this place will be icon of heaven. This place we consecrated and then it will be icon of heaven. As in heaven there is no sin, then in the church also we should not sin. As in heaven there is praise and praise only. Here on earth we need, on, in the church, we need only to praise the Lord. My house is a house of prayer. Houses of prayer, houses of purity, houses of blessing. And people actually, because they know that the church is a place that's different from the rest of the world. That's why David said, how lovely are your courts, O Lord of hosts. I was glad when they told me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Also he said, one day in your courts are better than thousand. I chose for myself to sit at the gates of the door of, uh, of the Lord rather than living in the tents of the sinners. Many people argue again about why men cannot take communion if they have nocturnal emission or women cannot take communion during the monthly period or after giving birth. And they say nothing wrong in it. Yes, but they did not understand the verse about distinguish between holy and common or love. Yes, we are not saying there is nothing wrong in it. When you drink a coffee in the morning, nothing wrong. When you drink tea, nothing wrong. But you cannot drink coffee or tea and then come and take communion. You cannot. Why? To distinguish between what's holy and what's lawful. To know that approaching and eating from the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ is different from eating and drinking anything else. It's different. That's why we need to come to the church fasting and abstaining. We need to pray for two or three hours before taking communion. We need to come with our charitable offering in order actually to worship God. And then we partake of his body and his blood. It's not just a regular food. And we need to come in the purity of spirit and the purity of body also. Drinking coffee in the morning will not make you impure. Eating breakfast in the morning will not making you impure. But to distinguish between what is holy and what is common or what's lawful, we need to come to the church prepared and ready. It is a great thing to partake of the body of the Lord and to drink of his blood. So I told you there are three, three things here, places, days, and human being. Again, 
as we said regarding days, there are some days considered holy and other days common. As we said about places, days considered holy, places considered holy like the church and other places considered common. The same thing, people actually can consider holy. Like in the Old Testament, the Nazarite. The Nazarite is a person who consecrate himself completely to the service of the Lord. And this consecration can be for a part-time or for all his life. And during this time, he actually is holy to the Lord, holy to the Lord. And he has to do three things. To keep his hair long, not to touch any dead person, and also not to drink wine. And why these three things? Wearing or growing the hair is a sign of submission because the long hair make like a cover, a head cover. And head cover actually usually is a sign of submission. And you see even in the secular world, in any job there is hierarchy, like in the police, in the army. Usually they have head cover because head cover means I am under authority, under authority. So he remind himself or the long hair will remind the Nazarite that he is under the authority of God. During these days in which he vowed to be a Nazarite to the Lord, he is under the authority of God. He cannot choose to himself. Whatever God actually chose for him, he will do. And not to touch a dead person, because during these days, he actually should distinguish he's holy to the Lord. And if he's holy to the Lord, we know death is enemy to the whole world. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the last enemy that will be defeated is death. So how a person who is holy to the Lord can touch a dead person? So during this time, he cannot touch a dead person. In Leviticus chapter 10, Aaron lost two sons, Nadab and Abihu. And we read in verse 6, Leviticus 10, 6, Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar, his sons, do not uncover your heads, nor tear your clothes, lest you die and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. You shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. So Moses told them, now you are consecrated to the Lord. Now you vowed yourself to God. I understand that your two sons died, but you cannot touch a dead person. You are a Nazarite to the Lord. So, even from the tabernacle of, of meeting, you cannot leave. From the door of the tabernacle of meeting, you cannot go out. Because the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. Let the children of Israel, the rest of the house of Israel, 
carry your children and bury them, but you cannot go and bury them. Because they, during this time, they were consecrated, Aaron as a high priest and his two sons as priests. And they should not drink wine, the third. Meaning, people used to drink wine just to gladden their hearts and to rejoice, a kind of celebration. But a person who is consecrated to the Lord, his joy is in the Lord. He doesn't find joy in anything else. He rejoices only in the Lord. And not only that, but he cannot inherit a piece of land on earth. The only tribe that they did not receive piece of land in the promised land was the tribe of Levi. Why? Because their portion is the Lord. How after they took the Lord as their portion, they look at dust and ashes. And Moses told them, your portion is the Lord. You will not take land in the promised land. So again, among the people, there are people who are consecrated holy, considered holy, because they consecrated their life to God. This applies to the clergy, monks and nuns, deacons, and also Sunday school servants. And since we are consecrated to the Lord, we should conduct ourselves differently in a way that befits the holiness of the Lord. I, sh I, I should not conduct myself like the rest of the people. For example, if the Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it is not proper for a man to grow his hair. He's speaking in general, not about the Nazarite. That's why is it proper for a deacon or a Sunday school servant from the meals to grow their hair? And sometimes when I say to Ognostos, why you are growing your hair? You are a deacon in the church. You, sh you should not. The argument, what's wrong in it? It's not about what's wrong or what's right. You are holy to the Lord. You need to distinguish between holy and lawful. It's mentioned several times in the Bible, in Leviticus, in Ezekiel, twice in Ezekiel, and one time in Leviticus, to distinguish between holy and lawful. Our language should be different as Sunday school servants or as deacons. Sometimes when just by accident, I read chats between deacons and their friends or Sunday school servants and their friends, I, I found very, very difficult language that does not befit a regular Christian. How much more a deacon or a Sunday school servant? You need to take your calling seriously. He who receives more will be accountable for more. You received more than anyone else. And God wants you to distinguish between what is holy and what's common. So if you received more, you need actually, you will be accountable for more. That's why when you read the pastoral letters, like the letter of St. Paul to Timothy or to Titus, you will find there are certain commandments, certain instruction to the bishop, certain instruction to the clergy, certain instruction to the deacons. And why? The, all of them are Christian. 
why he gives certain instruction to the, the bishop, for example, because he wants to remind him, you are a holy, a Nazarite to the Lord. You cannot conduct yourself like any other person. For example, and, and this instruction has nothing to do with his ministry. For example, you need to visit your people, you need to pray for them. No, no, it's instruction about how he conduct himself. For example, for the bishop, he said, a bishop must be blameless, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. So why he, why he gives certain instruction to the bishop? To tell him, you're different. You cannot conduct yourself like the rest of the people. You are holy to the Lord. When they used to choose the bishop from among married people, he said, a husband of one wife, if his wife died and he remarried, he cannot be a bishop. And the same for the deacons. Deacons must be reverent, reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of faith with a pure conscience. So we need to know that we, as Sunday school servant or as deacons, God is expecting from us a different behavior to distinguish between holy and unholy, or holy and lawful. So the argument that we usually say, what is wrong? What is wrong if I come with these jeans to the church? What's wrong with this t-shirt if I come with it to the church? What's wrong with this dress if I come with it to the church? It's not about wrong or not wrong, it can be lawful. But is it suitable for the holiness of the Church of God? Is it suitable for me as a holy person? I am now a Sunday school servant or a deacon or not? In Leviticus chapter 10, actually the two sons of Aaron, they died because they did not distinguish between holy and common. If you read Leviticus chapter 10, you read that the two sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, offered a profane offering to the Lord. They offered profane fire before the Lord. Offered profane fire before the Lord in verse 1. And they start to, the early church fathers, they tried to see what was the profane fire. And there are three interpretations about the profane fire. The first interpretation, we can find it in verse 9, when the Lord said to Aaron, don't drink wine or intoxicating drink, you nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle of meeting. So most probably, Nadab and Abihu, they said, this is a day of celebration. Let us drink and be merry. And after they drank, and maybe become drunk, they entered into the tabernacle of meeting. They didn't know that this day is a holy and this place is a holy. They did not distinguish between holy and lawful, holy and common. And that's why, as we, we read in verse 2, 
So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. Like, unfortunately, most of the weddings, after they come and receive the sacrament, the mystery of the holy matrimony, and they receive the grace of the Holy Spirit, people go and dance and drink and get drunk. That's not befitting the holiness of the day. That's not the way we should celebrate our wedding. Otherwise, we are not distinguishing between the holy and the lawful. The second reason, what is the profane fire? We can find it in Leviticus chapter 16. Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and your brother not to come at just any time into the holy place inside the veil, the holy of the holies, before the mercy seat which is on the ark, lest he die, for I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. So most probably Nadab and Abihu, after they drank and got drunk, not only they entered into the tabernacle, but they entered into the holy of the holies, not knowing that they allowed only the high priest allowed to enter into the holy of the holies once a year. But they considered the holy of the holies a common place. They can enter in it at any time. And the Lord did not accept this. And the third reason, they should actually take the charcoal or the burning coals from the altar of the burnt offering and put this charcoal or burning coals in the censer and be used. As we read in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 12, then he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord. Why? This altar is the altar of the burning offering. So the wood here represents or a symbol of the wood of the cross. And God will not smell our prayers like a sweet aroma, except in the sacrifice of the cross. That's why we need to bring this charcoal, not from any place, but from the altar of the burnt offering to represent the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when they offer incense, the incense will be accepted before the Lord because this incense comes from the sacrifice of the cross. As we say in the hymn Fayet of Enf, he who offered himself as a sacrifice, so the father smelled him as a sweet aroma. So most probably because they were drunk, they got charcoal or burning coals from anywhere else. And that is a profane fire. So the idea here that they did not distinguish between holy and unholy. And that's why the Lord, when he sent the message, why Nadab and Abihu died, he said to Aaron, don't drink wine or intoxicating drink, you nor your sons with you, when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generation, that you may distinguish between holy and unholy. Yes, it is lawful, but you need to distinguish between what is holy and what's lawful, and between unclean and clean. So, I hope this concept is clear now in our mind, especially for us a Sunday school sermon. 
Not everything is lawful or common is holy. Yes, there is nothing wrong in what's lawful, nothing wrong in what's common, but it's not holy. And we need to regard certain days as holy days. Even they call it today is a holy day. Holy day now means vacation, but holy days means a day that's holy. So our forefathers understood when there is a feast, it's a holy day, a day to consecrate it to the Lord, not just a vacation, but a day in which actually I don't do any work of the, of the world in order to dedicate it for the Lord. That's what holy day means, holy day, a day that's holy. And there are holy places like the church, and there are holy people like people who consecrated and dedicated their life to God. These are holy people. And as I told you, who receives more will be accountable for more. So if God called us to be clergy, to be deacons, to be some school servants, we need to live up to this calling as holy people, distinguished from the common and the lawful. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.